Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of Bernie Talk. So today's episode, we're going to go over a few things. Like the first thing is something I talk about all the time. It's this lack of stars nowadays. Everybody talks about that there's so many stars. It's the best it's ever been. But if you really break it down and look at it, it really isn't. And, you know, all these pundits and ex-players and everybody, it's weird. When I, I always look at it. When you have to knock something down to make it not as good, to make something look better, that means there's a lack of quality there. So, like, you always hear all the uh, reporters and ex-players and everybody saying that they've never seen a time in the history of soccer how athletic everybody is, how good everybody is. There's so many stars everywhere. That, But if you look at it, that's not true. Because if you just look back to past Past uh, teams, I'm not even going way, way back, you know, like when we're talking about Maradona, Pele, George Best, all those guys. Just, just to the late 80s, 90s, if you look at the players, take, uh, you know, Juventus, for example. Look at the teams that they had in the 90s. They had Zidane, Del Piero, Nedved, uh, Taram, uh, you know, just, just, just guys off the top of my head I'm thinking about, like, oh, um, Pirlo, look, these guys, they were just super, superstars, you know, or an AC Milan who had all those Dutch players, uh, you know, they had uh, um, Gullit, Rijkaard, uh, Van Basten, you know, all those guys, and then, you know, Chelsea, I, I, you know, I'm not a Chelsea fan, but Chelsea, they, look at the guys they had, they had... Uh, you know, Desai, they had Gullit, they had those types of guys. You know, United, Keane, Cantona, the class of 92, Robson, you know, guys like that, Giggs. Then you even look at, the, look at the Galacticos, what they put together. They may not have been the most successful at, as what they should have with the talent, but the, but the team they had, Ronaldo, uh, Zidane, Beckham, Raul, you know, guys like that, Roberto Carlos. And that was just the top, top teams. But if you look at teams throughout, just like scattered throughout, like, you know, they had great players. Like if you take a team like Newcastle back in the day, they had Shearer, they had Espria, you know, guys like that. Tottenham, uh, you know, they had, they had great players. It's just like throughout, throughout teams, like all different teams, all different countries. Now, you know, there's a select few talented superstars or quote-unquote superstars, and everybody else kind of has whatever, but they try to have them built up to be these stars. And I know the, the price tag is a big thing that's driving these super, superstars. But, I mean, they, they, there's guys like, I mean, they're trying to push like a Declan Rice to be this all-time, all-time great. He basically, in my opinion, would have been a sub on one of the great teams if a sub. I, to be honest with you, I don't even think he would have made one of those teams. He would, probably would have been a mid-tier level worker who would have been, that's it. He would have never been able to even get to that because there's guys that were good players back then that didn't even get... Anywhere near the top teams, like a play like David Ginola. David Ginola played on Newcastle and Spurs. 
he now would basically be a world player of the year because he had more talent than basically any of these kind of hybrid forward winger type of players that they try to make now as these superstars. And he was always talked about, well, he's good, but he wouldn't be able to play at the highest, highest level with one of the great teams. And now you've got these guys who are like a Rashford. Rashford's playing for Manchester United. He should be nowhere near a team like Manchester United if you really think about it. And it's very fake how these uh, news guys, ex-players and that talk about these guys. And it, to me, it seems like when you're great, you just let it speak for yourself. Like nobody needed to tell anybody how good Zidane was. But every day on every show, I hear all these people talking about how great this class of player are and constantly hit people over the head with it. Oh, oh, Rashford. Oh, Sancho. Oh, Sterling. These guys are the best I've ever seen. Neymar. Basically, I look at Neymar and I look at Neymar as a guy, I don't know if people remember him, uh, Danielson. Danielson uh, went to Spain and he did about a thousand step overs each time and basically went nowhere. And then he just sort of disappeared. Because there's such a lack of talent nowadays that these guys can stick around. Like, a Neymar wouldn't have stuck around. He's, maybe he's a bit better than uh, Rubinho, but Rubinho was here today, gone today. Like, these guys now can stick around and just stick around and they just bounce from team to team or stay somewhere and they get built up to be these bigger-than-life uh, people, you know? And it, there's... It, there's Example upon example, like, you know, they talk about uh, all these amazing center backs. Like, you know, they, they talk about like a Juventus, that this Delict player. Now, Delict, every time I see him, all he does is get megged. Every time he gets megged or he gets beat. You know, Juventus, they've had amazing center backs, like a Cannavaro. Cannavaro, to me, is one of my favorite center backs. And he was legit great. And it showed because he won World Player of the Year. And now when they when you almost are when people talk them down to bring them others up, it's just a fake story. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't uh, connect because there's no there's there's no proof of that. And also like you saw the greatness. These guys yeah, it may be more flash, the feels may be better, you know, maybe some of them are in better shape. But talent-wise, there is no comparison. You can't, you can't compare either one because the talent level from top to bottom teams were just amazing. You know, you've got guys uh, on these lower teams now that basically wouldn't be in the leagues they are now. Like, you know, you take a player like Matt Letizia. He stayed at Southampton where near relegation every year probably. And he could now play on the greatest teams in the world, and he'd probably be voted as a World Player of the Year. Then he could go nowhere near any of that because he was just like a decent player, as people thought. Like Because the playing levels were so amazing back then that he couldn't find a place to play, whether by choice stay there or that just people wouldn't take a chance on him because there was just so much talent. And then you have... Like, say, I'll give you an example, like a, uh, a, a Beckham. A Beckham, in back years ago, always had his critics. Well, he could only do this. He could only do that. He can't do this. He can't do that. Now, 
You look at players who can't do anything near what he could do, and they're hailed as one of the greatest players, and, you know, that, oh, look at the cross he can do. Uh, look at this he can do. But basically, you know, one out of 20 free kicks going to the goal, Beckham was automatic. He'd get you a goal almost every free kick. And now these guys are hailed as the greatest ever. You look at a team like AC Milan now. I mean, AC Milan, okay, they have Zidane, uh, you know, but besides that, like, I couldn't even tell you the guys that they had on the team. Like, you know, if you just look years, years past, like, you know, I went over, like, the Dutch guys, uh, you know, then they also had... um, you know, tons of players, like they had Maldini, they had, uh, you know, uh, Seydorf, you know, guys like that. I mean, just, just, just they had basically the back line of the Italian national team back there at a time where, you know, there was great teams everywhere. And, you know, Juventus had their great teams, you know, competing against that. Inter had great teams. So now you got basically some guys here and there scattered throughout a you handful of teams and everybody else you know has whoever they get but back you know 90s early 2000s even there was just great players throughout many teams and I believe the competition was a lot more difficult now you know you can you can you can coast through some of these games and uh it's not it's not that difficult for these big teams because the other teams either whether they just feel inferior so they just chuck the game and they don't really bother by it or you know because the bigger teams have the quote unquote few superstars they can just outmuscle or out talent or however you want to phrase it these teams that are trying to compete but you know you could see just years past all the great players throughout look at the Galacticos i mean they weren't great to, as in what they should have won but talent wise just look at the teams they had look at the Barcelona teams they had you know even before Messi was there you know they had the Dutch players uh, you know they had Romario they had Stoichkov I mean great players but you know now geez I mean you look at Barcelona and they're just gathering up players you don't even know who they are it's just kind of scattershot whoever they're going after and you can see that they're just, uh, they're competing, but they're competing because they are just so big and the other teams just have so much less. With all that being said, I mean, I think when, when people look at now, like when, they're, when the soccer is on television or on the radio or wherever you're getting your news from, like sometimes just really sit back for a second and before just agreeing with what these guys are saying because they're using a few big words and like, you know, they're, they're kind of like laughing and joking, so they're trying to say they're the smartest guys in the room. Really think about like the playing talent and why do they have to kind of put down one era to prop up another era? Because why? I think it's because you have to do something like that when the talent isn't there. Because you got to make people believe what they're seeing is not really what they're seeing. They're, they're seeing something else. This is really, really good. Don't, don't believe your eyes. Believe what we're telling you. So just take, just take that in next time you're watching a game or watching one of, these, like, uh, one of these guys just ramble on about nonsense on the TV. Okay, so now my next topic is about the Champions League and how now it seems to be a bit more watered down and how, like, the bigger teams are basically set up to be able to get through 
easily out of their group into the next rounds and, and how they just spread everything out. So, you know, looking back, and this is not even going that far back. So Champions League used to have teams and groups like, um, you know, one I'm very familiar with, like in the 99 season when United won, they had Barcelona and Bayern Munich in their group. And the final was United and Bayern Munich. So you had the two finalists in one group with Barcelona who didn't get out of that group. Now you basically have things seeded, teams like spread out. Nobody like you may have one team, like two big teams playing one another, but they're basically guaranteed to get out because the other ones are just like, you know, they're lower teams, no offense to them, but, you know, they, they won't get out just like how it's set up. And then, so those teams get through. So there's not this big, there's no drama in the group stages. Back, you know, back before this, how it was all watered down, there was a lot of drama. You know, you had big teams playing big teams, you know, that would get, that one might not make it out. They'd get knocked out of the group. It was great. But now because they need these big teams in there, there's no way they would allow one of these teams not to get through these groups. And then when they get through, they have the, the, the rounds, the knockout rounds so spread out, you forget teams are even playing. So it used to be like, okay, everybody plays a Tuesday or everybody plays a Wednesday, and then the next week they play again. Now you'll have one team play one Tuesday, then they'll be off the next week, then they'll play again another week, and you're like, wait a second, are these guys even still in the, uh, in the Champions League? What, what is going on right now? And So, you know, it's so, I don't want to say easy, but it's so much more kind of targeted to make these teams' life as easy as possible. And then when people, you know, spew on and on and on about how many games they play, it's so difficult, they get no breaks. England somehow made up a winter break without calling it a winter break. So you explain to me how that is harder than when people were playing, like, I don't know how many games through, uh, through the winter. And then like uh, going back to the Champions League, you don't have to play every week. So you play a quarterfinal game this week and not have to play the second leg next week. You'll play it two weeks. Explain to me how that is more difficult. And on top of that, the rosters are so much bigger now. They have like, I don't even know how many pros on a roster, like 30, 40, uh, you know, some of these teams, you don't forget there's players on the team. Um, you know, when the Champions League years passed, you would have like, you know, 20, 24 players, and that's basically it, who would be playing week in, week out, every week in their leagues, and then they go to Champions League, who would have to play, you know, every week when the Champions League was on. You know, there were, other countries did have winter breaks, but, you know, like now, you know, these, these teams have it so simple. Like, I'll go back. England invented a winter break without claiming a winter break. They went away. People were going away to Dubai. Uh, explain to me how there's a winter break without having a winter break, and then I'll, uh, I'd like to talk to you. So with that all being said, like, so now I, to me, I feel the Champions League is very watered down. You know, I'm not saying it's watered down because there's smaller teams in it. You know, I think these, all these teams deserve to be there if they win what they win, how to get in, qualifiers, things like that. You know, but then you also like put down some of these other teams. Like I'll give a good example, like, you know, the Scottish League has to go through all these qualifiers and everything like that. And then like, you know, fourth place teams 
in some of these bigger leagues are getting in without even, you know, breaking a sweat. And then they have it easy because they get a break here. They get a break there. Their squads are so huge. And then uh, uh, a league winner has to jump through hoops to get to where they have to get to. And by the time they get there, they're utterly exhausted. Like, that's legit exhaustion. So, you know, with everybody talking about, oh, the Champions League, it's so difficult. It's the greatest competition ever. Yeah, it is a great competition. But when it comes to it's hard now, no. Sorry. When you have the big teams spread out all over the place and nobody really sees one another until later on and then you get breaks every other week, it's not more difficult. Come back to me when Juventus had to play United every year and they were getting to finals or when United, the year, one of the years they won it, they had to get through Bayern Munich and Barcelona in their group. And then another, uh, another one of going through Inter and Juventus to get to the final. And then they met Bayern Munich again in the final. Then come back and talk to me, okay? So, with that being said, the last thing before uh, I let everybody go is uh, let's talk about what happened in the Champions League when PSG fell apart again. So... Everybody talks about PSG, about Mbappe, about Neymar, you know, Messi went there, you know, Pochettino's there, who everybody keeps telling me was the guy who United should have got, you know, but now all of a sudden, you know, he's damaged goods. United shouldn't get him because look at what happened. But I look at it more, you know, they're blaming him because he didn't take off a Neymar. He didn't take off a uh, Messi. Now, you can say that. However... Just look at the game. The first half, you know, just like, uh, like a spoiled brat, when things are going great, they're just no complaints. They're running along. They're joking. You could see them celebrating. You know, Mbappe got his two goals. You know, he ran through. He got the goals. He's great. Everything's great. Madrid's falling apart. They're all old. They're all done. Nobody's good. Then the second half rolls around. You know, and just like a spoiled brat, when, you know, he thinks he had it his way, you know, he kind of doesn't do anything. And you look at it, basically, Mbappe and Neymar disappeared in the second half. Where was Mbappe's all his cockiness when he was running around doing his celebration and everything like that after he scored? I don't think he very, rarely touched the ball, you know, maybe a few times I can remember. Neymar, I don't even remember him being on the field. I know he was there because, you know, he was complaining and whining about a bunch of stuff. But what he did was nothing. So, you know, they're talking about Pochettino, but I think it was deeper than that. I think there's just no heart there. There's a bunch of guys, mercenaries, let's just say, that went to a team that was going to give them the most money. You know, you can't, I can't even imagine what they're giving Neymar, but he went there because that's, you know, he went there because they were giving him the most. Mbappe went there. I don't even know how that transfer went through, but he went there because they were giving him the most money. Messi, uh, that's a hard one to explain why he went there, but you have to say now looking at the whole thing is he went there because they gave him the most money, you know, and then... You know, they're, they're talking about Mbappe's the greatest ever. Mbappe's the greatest ever. But who stepped up and won the game for Madrid? His French teammate, Benzema. Benzema went there and basically took that game on himself and got a hat trick. And he was the hardest working there, whether it was like that first goal 
where he tracked down uh, Donnarumma and made him make a bad pass, and he got the ball back, and he scored, or the one where he just like just came through the middle. I think it was the third one and the game winner. That's the kind of that's the kind of player I want. I don't want a guy who, when things are going good, he's he's floating around. He's all you know. Look at me. I'm doing the celebration from a video game. I want the guy who's gonna win the game because he's gonna fight till the end. It seems like everybody uh, that's smarter than the next person has been trying to get Benzema out of Madrid, whether it was this guy, that guy, you know, now Mbappe. Mbappe is the guy Madrid have to get. He's the guy who's gonna have them win. But look at the guy who's winning the game. It's the guy everybody's trying to get rid of. That guy will win you games. Benzema will win you games because he's not a guy who's going to shy away when everything gets tough because look at what happened. It got a little tough for PSG and they crumbled. Every single time they crumbled, whether it was against United, whether it was against Barcelona, and now against Madrid, they just fall apart. You can't trust these guys because they only went there for one reason and their heart, to me, is not into it. Neymar basically is one of the most overrated players I've ever seen. And just like I said earlier in this podcast, he's Danielson. He's Robinho. He's a guy who has got some skill, but when you really need him, he'll just disappear because he wants to just flick the ball around and have some fun. And when it's going good, it's going good. When it's not going good, when you need a guy to fight, he's not going to be there. I throw Mbappe in there too. And Mbappe, you know, they're talking about how he's a guy who's the greatest player ever. Now, if you look at him, he's only played in France. Now, and you look at when they get set up against these other teams from other countries, he'll get a goal or two. Yeah, no doubt. But then after that, he disappears. And I'm not saying that that's not important because there's a reason why soccer, you score goals, you win games. Okay, I understand that. However, He's the guy, where was he when they needed him in the second half? When there was pressure on uh, PSG, when, when uh, you know, Madrid tied it up 2-2. Where was he to get that ball and do what he did in the first half? It was too hard because he thought it was over. He was ready to go celebrate. He wanted to do a celebration. He wanted to get on his Instagram and, like, you know, talk about how great he was. You know, and then you have Messi. I'm really not sure, you know, what is going on there. Like, he just looks miserable. He doesn't look like he wants to be there. I don't know what, he, what he's doing, why he went there, what the whole story is, but I just think right now that's just a disaster. And their, their season's basically over. Yeah, they'll probably win the French League. If they don't, then that's a bigger disaster. But, you know, their season's over because everybody talks about how PSG has to, win the, or have to win the Champions League. You know, they have to win it. They have to win it. Season's over. Let's just be honest. You know, I'm, I'm sure Neymar has a party to go in Brazil, so he's going to fake an injury in another uh, week, and he'll go down there for, for a month and come back, and then he'll play against some, you know, lower team in France, get three goals, celebrate, you know, things like that. So to me, I think PSG, the whole setup is a huge fraud. They have tons of money, but they just spend it on whatever. It's, a, it's like somebody won the lottery, and they went and bought, like, like, a pink Bentley or something like that. Like, you know, just gaudy, cheesy, you know, no substance. You know, it's just, there's just nothing there. So, I don't think that they're going to win it. 
and I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. I mean, Pochettino could be fired next week for all we know. You know what I mean? Or, you know, will uh, Mbappe be there? I'm sure they're going to throw everything at Mbappe to keep him there for another year or two so he doesn't go anywhere else. Neymar, I mean, who's going to take him? I don't think anybody's going to take him. And Messi, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, will, will, he, will he leave again? Will he try to get back to Barcelona? Will he just stay there for another year and then move on? Who knows? But to me, right now, that whole PSG situation, project, whatever it is, it's fake. It's just a fraud. It's just cheesy, no substance. And I think everybody, when they got knocked out, and especially how they got knocked out, and especially from a team with Madrid with all their history, knocked them out, I think everybody was celebrating. So until next time, you know, make sure you stop in again at my n- next podcast. And, uh, you know, hopefully you enjoyed this one. And we will talk to you guys soon. Everybody have a great day. This was Bernie Talk.